This new administration has an unprecedented to-do list, which Biden laid out in his inaugural address. He talked about the virus, climate change, growing inequality, racism, America's global standing, and an attack on truth and democracy. It's like the new four horsemen of the apocalypse, plus two bonus horses. You got war, famine, pestilence, death, plus global warming, and your Uncle Carl. Oh, my Uncle Carl is the worst. The worst. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles. This is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake. Also in California in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN and Eureka's KGOE. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ. Cottage Grove's Queso, Eugene's KEPW. By the way, some of the most beautiful uh, coastline in the whole wide world up there. Just saying. Down in Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP. Rochester, New York's WRFZ. I suspect they are covered with a lot of snow right now. Down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, in Fayetteville, Arkansas, on KPSQ, in Seattle, on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day for your listening pleasure on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Deprogrammed Radio, Verdant Square Radio, and Detour Talk, Blanketing Planet Earth, five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us. Welcome to the Bradcast. As we go to air today, a major winter storm is slamming millions across the Northeast with blizzard-like conditions. So we've got some radio for you to quarantine by today. Uh, States across the region are suspending flights, closing roads and schools, and... Most maddeningly, perhaps, canceling COVID vaccine appointments. Uh, Desi Doyen, I just want to very quickly here, because it is snowing in the Northeast and because there is a Democrat in the White House, I think we need to clarify that global warming is not over because there is <laughs> snow and a Democrat in the White House. Do, do we need to true. do that? We, uh, you know what? Who knows? Let's go ahead and clarify just yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, the science shows yeah. that yeah. a warming atmosphere made warm by man-made global warming, a warmer atmosphere holds more moisture. And that means that there will be more precipitation to dump. If it's cold outside, that dumps as snow. If it's warm outside, it dumps as rain. And we are seeing that same extreme 
uh, precipitation here in California over the last week Mm -hmm. knocked out a big section of Big Sur, the Big Sur Pacific Coast Highway. And, you know, and I hate to even have to bring this up at all, but with uh, snow outside and a Democrat in the White House, I am sure on Fox News today, they're all having a big laugh at how, I guess there's no global warming after all. Look at all that snow. So, yeah, there we go. They need some new material. (laughs) Don't they really? Uh, The National Weather Service warned uh, that widespread heavy snow of one to two feet is forecast from Pennsylvania into New England, including Philadelphia, New York City, Boston. Through Tuesday, snowfall rates reaching up to three inches an hour and wind gusts as high as 60 miles per hour. The tri-state area could see its biggest snowstorm in five years, while New York City could get between 12 and 18 inches. 20 inches are possible. The National Weather Service's uh, New York office forecast calls for 21 inches in Central Park, which would tie for the fourth largest snowstorm in New York City history. While cancellation of COVID vaccination in the region due to the weather is understandable, less understandable is what some are doing out here in Los Angeles in one of the nation's worst COVID hotspots right now, Dodger Stadium. Uh, where they are holding mass COVID-19 vaccinations, that site was temporarily shut down on Saturday afternoon when anti-vaccine and far-right groups descended upon one of the largest vaccination sites in the nation. As the L.A. Times reported over the weekend, the Times reported that some of the anti-vaccine and far-right groups who showed up at the Dodger Stadium uh, carried signs discrediting The COVID vaccine shouted at people to urge them against getting vaccinated. As a precaution, the L.A. Fire Department closed the entrance to the stadium for about an hour Saturday afternoon, which, of course, held up the vaccinations. A spokesman for the LAPD told the L.A. Times no arrests were made. Uh, Though some tweeted out their frustration at the time, including one who had noted that uh, he had been waiting for hours in line in his car with his 87-year-old mother trying to get her vaccination. Protesters were spouting false claims of COVID-19 being a myth, according to The Times, and unfounded claims that the vaccination is dangerous to people in line. A social media post called the demonstration at Dodger Stadium the, quote, scandemic protest. It urged participants to, quote, refrain, please, from wearing Trump MAGA attire as we want our statement to resonate with the sheeple. That's that's what they said. Very respectful. Uh, No flags, they said, but informational signs only. This is sharing information protest, they said, and a march against everything. COVID, vaccine, PCR tests, lockdowns, masks, Fauci, Gates. That would be Bill Gates, presumably, who some have maliciously targeted as supporting vaccination as some grand scheme to either make uh, one of the richest world's richest men who is giving away most of his wealth uh, a scheme to make him richer somehow or because he's secretly including a uh, 
a tracking device, Desi, in the uh, in the inside the vaccine to keep track of everyone's locations. Which is a really complicated way to do that when most people are carrying cell phones (laughs) that do that anyway. The other thing that that theory doesn't uh, seem to keep in mind is that there are anywhere from five to six doses per bottle. How do they make sure that that chip will be in each of those five or six doses? No idea? Yeah, got me there, yeah, man. I know. Wow. I know. Anyway, the organizers also cite as a problem Governor Newsom, China, digital tracking, et cetera, as the uh, reasons for the protest, the social media posts said. According to the L.A. Times uh, and a live uh, streamed video showing signs uh, at this protest that uh, they read, uh, quote, save your soul. Turn back now. CNN is lying to you. Recall Gavin Newsom. Take off your mask. That was uh, amid uh, Los Angeles becoming the nation's largest COVID-19 hotspot in the in the nation, uh, maybe in the world. On Saturday, the L.A. County Department of Public Health reported more than 6,900 new cases on that day alone. Now, look, people, I get it. I get it. Some of you are against all vaccines. Others of you still believe that nearly half a million Americans have died in what is a hoax by Democrats somehow to get Donald Trump out of office or something. I get it. So let me speak to the anti-vaxxer folks here for a second, because the, the MAGA folks, they're, they're a lost cause at this point. Now, you may be opposed to vaccines for whatever reason you wish to oppose vaccines. And I'm not going to argue for the moment that that will, uh, you know, make it more difficult to keep the nation safe from the thing that you don't wish to be vaccinated for and will be a so-called free rider on when everyone else gets vaccinated. But, you know, when you prevent people who want to get vaccinated from being able to do so so that they may try and save their own lives. Well, guess what? That I got a problem with. So, you know what? Knock it off. Protest, you know, whatever you see fit, but do not prevent people from making decisions about their own health because you are making that decision for a lot of us when you prevent people from being vaccinated. So please knock it off. Thank you. It is not okay to prevent other people from accessing health care. You can uh, drop me email if you like. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. Anyway, in related-ish news today, a group of 10 Senate Republicans have offered their counterproposal to Joe Biden's proposed $1.9 trillion COVID package, which includes everything from $1,400 relief checks to Americans making less than $75,000 a year to tens of billions for vaccine production and distribution, to billions to get schools and businesses open safely, to money to shore up lost revenue to states and cities, to an extension of unemployment benefits through September for tens of millions of Americans who have lost work during this pandemic. I'm sorry, this scamdemic. Uh, to rent relief and an extension of the federal eviction moratorium. It would also increase uh, the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour. Sounds good to me. Senate Republicans, on the other hand, instead of $1.9 trillion, they have offered $600 billion, about a third of Biden's proposal. Their proposal includes relief checks for only $1,000 instead of $1,400, and for those making 
only $50,000 or less. So it'll get a lot less money to a lot less people. It comes in at about one-third, as I said, of what Biden and the Democrats are planning to pass through using the budget reconciliation process, if necessary. That requires just a simple majority vote in the Senate rather than the 60 votes needed to end a filibuster by Republicans in the upper chamber. Biden is meeting with those Senate Republicans, I believe, as we go to air And I'm curious if uh, you would like to see him compromise with Republicans to get the bill passed through the regular order of business as the uh, GOPers try to call him on his hopes, his hopes of working in a bipartisan manner during his presidency. Uh, If you are in favor of that, I'd be curious uh, to hear what it is you would give up in exchange for that compromise. I will try, if time allows, uh, after I speak with my guest in a, in a little bit, uh, to, I'll try to open the phones on that question. Our number, if you want to write it down now, is 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. Uh, but before I get to my guest momentarily, on the Trump accountability beat that we have vowed ourselves to stay on as long as it takes... With just over one week before his historic second impeachment trial in the U.S. Senate gets underway, former, former President Donald Trump's five impeachment defense attorneys have all left. Yes, they have left the disgraced former president amid a disagreement reportedly about his legal strategy, as CNN reported on Sunday night, amid my laughing out loud at how stupid this guy actually is. Uh, It was a dramatic development for Trump, who has struggled, struggled up until now to find lawyers willing to take his case at all in the first place. And now, with legal briefs due and a trial set to begin in just days, Trump is clinging to his election fraud charade and suddenly finds himself scrambling for new legal representation. Butch Bowers and Deborah Barbier, 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 I don't know, uh, they are both actually respected attorneys from South Carolina who Lindsey Graham had helped Trump to secure. Uh, They were expected to be the lead attorneys. They are both out now with the source telling CNN the changes uh, were a mutual decision for uh, for both to leave the legal team as the lead attorney Bowers assembled a team of five attorneys total and the rest have all now reportedly left Donald Trump as well. Person familiar with the departures told CNN that Trump wanted the attorneys to argue there was massive election fraud and that the election was stolen from him rather than focus on the legality of convicting a president after he's left office. Trump was not receptive to that discussion uh, on how they should proceed in that regard. As you will recall, last week, 45 Republican senators voted incorrectly that Trump's impeachment and subsequent trial was somehow unconstitutional because he was no longer in office. As constitutional law and impeachment expert Ron Fine told us on this show last week, however, there is nothing to prevent an official from being impeached during the last days in office or from being placed on trial in the U.S. Senate after leaving office, as has been done in previous cases during our history. That seemed to be the central focus of Trump's defense in response to the article of impeachment charging him with incitement of insurrection at the U.S. Capitol 
on January 6th, but it didn't make uh, stable genius happy, I guess, focusing on that. He still wants to argue, despite the lack of any legitimate known evidence currently in support, uh, that the election that he lost was actually stolen from him. Bowers, a respected lawyer from Columbia, uh, Columbia, South Carolina, uh, once worked in the Justice Department under President George W. Bush. Barbier, a uh, South Carolina litigator, she worked closely on several high-profile cases and was a former federal prosecutor for 15 years in the state. Gasser and Harris are both former prosecutor, federal prosecutors themselves. Howard worked as an associate independent counsel on the Whitewater and Monica Lewinsky investigations during the Clinton presidency and spent a decade at the Justice Department. And now they are all gone. Trump just lost them all just days before his trial is set to begin. Which, you know, in the case of a, you know, a criminal trial, perhaps the, uh, the, the, the suspect would, you know, go to the court and either uh, force those attorneys to stay on the case or would ask for a delay because the lawyers were lost. That doesn't really apply here in impeachments, impeachment trials. This is scheduled for next week. It's going to go whether he's got a legal team and a legal strategy in place or not. But uh, even later on Sunday night, Trump announced that, yes, he had found two new attorneys to replace the five who left him, uh, one of whom represented Trump ally Roger Stone to defend him in the uh, in his uh, uh, to defend Trump in the upcoming uh, impeachment trial. But in a bizarre statement describing himself as the 45th president No fewer than five times in this one short announcement, uh, Trump announced that uh, two guys, David Schoen and Bruce Castor Jr., would serve as his defense lawyers. They, quote, agree this impeachment is unconstitutional, according to the former president. Schoen is quoted in the announcement as saying, quote, it is an honor to represent the 45th president, Donald J. Trump, and the United States Constitution, while Castor said it was a privilege to represent the 45th president. I can only guess that calling him the 45th president uh, means they don't have to call him the former president. That's my that's my best guess there. Uh, You know, just in case any of his followers may still be dumb enough uh, that they didn't notice that he's no longer president or they don't want to recognize that he is no longer president, uh, as I suspect uh, may be the case with a number of them. Yes, they are that dumb. Uh, Schoen represented Roger Stone in his criminal case when the uh, Trump associate was charged for and found guilty of all counts of witness tampering and lying to Congress before he was ultimately pardoned for all of it by Donald Trump last December. So, uh, yeah, Donald Trump has hired the guy that lost the Roger Stone case. Schoen was also poised to represent accused child sex trafficker and billionaire Jeffrey Epstein, before the disgraced billionaire died by suicide because Trump hires only the best people, don't he? For Castor's part, uh, when he served as the uh, district attorney of Montgomery County, Pennsylvania from 2002 to 2008, he declined to pursue criminal charges against actor Bill Cosby, 
who was accused of sexual assault in 2005 before later being found guilty in 2018 in a separate case as he was accused of sexual assault by some 60 women. Uh, well, so this is a match made in heaven, as far as I can tell, uh, for Donald farmers. Trump. Yeah, the guy representing Jeffrey Epstein and the guy who refused to prosecute Bill Cosby are all now representing Donald Trump, the, the 45th president of the United States, if you hadn't heard, in his second impeach, uh, impeachment trial. Great people, all of them. Uh, the new recruits fill some of the empty slots left behind by the five attorneys who had been tapped to defend the ex-president. In the trial beginning next week. So, uh, hey, there is still room for Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, Alan Dershowitz, crossing our fingers. Uh, yes, you yes, you had a thought. Yeah. And let's yeah. just point out for sure that uh, there is historical precedent for impeaching someone after they have left office. Congress has already decided yeah. that this is the case. Oh, so yeah, I... that whole argument, line of argument that Republican senators are making is bunk. Is nonsense. And yet. That's what they're going to do anyway, because... Except when they're going to argue that Trump was justified in inciting a deadly attack on the... Because they stole the election from him. We will see if these attorneys are dumb enough to do that, given they are dumb enough to represent Jeffrey Epstein and Bill Cosby. I guess uh, we shouldn't be surprised. Uh, Of course, one of the reasons that Trump was having so much trouble finding attorneys in the first place is because most of the reputable ones and their law firms want nothing to do with him especially after they were called out, some of them, for participating in his election theft fraud and filing some of those cases on his behalf. They caught a lot of hell for that. That was just one sign of the first wave of accountability against the disgraced former president. There is more ahead. Uh, Not just for the president, the former president himself, but including those who worked for the 45th president. Let's take a quick break here. We will come back with one of the groups who has just launched a new campaign targeting CEOs who would hire former disgraced Trump officials. Lizzie Price of Accountability.us on their new corporate complicity.org campaign joins us next. Plus, if time allows, your calls on any or all of this and, and, and whether you would like to see Joe Biden compromise with Republicans in order to get his promised COVID relief package passed through normal Senate procedures. If so, I'm curious what part of his plan that you are willing to give up. You can give us a call. Get in line now. 818-985-KPFK. I'm Brad Friedman, and you are listening to The Bradcast. <laughs> What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Yes, I will. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. 
A New York judge on Friday increased pressure on former President Donald Trump's family businesses and several associates, ordering them to give state investigators documents, new documents in a civil inquiry into whether the company misstated assets to get bank loans and tax benefits following allegations by Trump's former fixer and personal lawyer Michael Cohen that the Trump Organization regularly lied to both banks and state and federal regulators about the value of its assets to get better rates on loans and on uh, and on tax deductions, increasing the assets values when reporting to banks and devaluating those same assets in filing to tax officials. For those not familiar with such crimes, that would be known as bank and tax fraud. It was the second blow that Judge Arthur Engeron of, of the uh, state Supreme Court in Manhattan had dealt to Trump's companies in recent weeks. In December, he ordered Trump's company, uh, the Trump Organization, to produce records that its lawyers had tried to shield from scrutiny uh, by the uh, that was uh, being scrutinized by the New York State Attorney General Letitia James on Friday, Justice Engeron went further, saying that even more documents, as well as communications with a law firm hired by the Trump Organization, had to be handed over to James's office. In doing so, he rejected the lawyer's claim that the documents at issue were covered by attorney-client privilege. The ruling was a fresh reminder for Donald Trump, who left office. Just over a week ago, yes, it has not even been two weeks. It feels like months, frankly. Uh, he left, of course, under the cloud of a second impeachment and heading for a Senate, a second Senate trial on a charge of incitement of insurrection after his supporters stormed the Capitol in a violent rampage. Trump now, according to The New York Times, faces significant legal jeopardy as a private citizen. The most serious threats confronting the former president include a criminal investigation by the Manhattan District Attorney and the civil inquiry by the Attorney General into possible fraud. Investigators in James's office have focused their attention on an array of transactions, including among them a financial restructuring of the Trump International Hotel and Tower in Chicago back in 2010. That resulted in the Fortress Credit Corporation for giving debt worth more than $100 million. James's office has said in court documents that the Trump Organization uh, had thwarted efforts to determine how that money was reflected in its tax filing and whether it was declared as income, as the law requires. An analysis of Trump's financial records by The New York Times found that he had avoided federal income tax on almost all of the forgiven debt. As scrutiny by James's office continues, so does a criminal probe by Cyrus Vance Jr., the New York state prosecutor in Manhattan. Uh, while an impeachment trial in the Senate, as well as uh, two different criminal and civil fraud investigations move forward in New York State for the disgraced former president. His supporters, some of them anyway, are also now facing consequences for their actions. That's nice. Hundreds more, hopefully, will face uh, similar criminal charges in the days ahead. As we've been reporting, thankfully, a lot of these uh, folks who attacked the U.S. Capitol on January 6th happen to also be really, really stupid, even if they also happen to be CEOs of companies around the country. 
Uh, these folks have posted myriad evidence of their own complicity in the stunning attack last month. For example, bartenders have long ordered cocktail shakers and strainers and stainless steel jiggers from barproducts.com, but now... Some have stopped since January 6, when the company's chief executive posted a photo of himself in front of the U.S. Capitol, while rioters, as Rupert Murdoch's Wall Street Journal calls them, stormed Congress. The uh, since-deleted selfie of the founder and CEO of Bar Products, a guy by the name of Mark Hastings, accompanied the caption, Stop the Steal! That has led to a fight with some of uh, the company's once loyal customers. The dust-up is the just the latest example of CEOs taking public stances and the backlash that can follow. Great to see, isn't it? One customer posted on Facebook alongside a screenshot of Hastings' selfie uh, in a Trump hat to say, quote, After 16 years of buying my bar tools from his company, I, for one, will never spend another cent with him. That guy was among dozens of other bartenders and owners who took to social media to denounce Hastings. Some comments defended Hastings' right to protest and decried what they described as the cancel culture nature of a boycott. Yes, cancel culture. You know, that thing that Republicans who have spent years boycotting companies and people that they don't like now finds so outrageous when the free market decides that, uh, yes, free speech also applies to people who do not like them. Cancel culture. Just go ahead and ask the Dixie chicks about cancel culture. Uh, this is also the same thing that Arizona, the, the Arizona GOP, by the way, just did to their own Republican members like Republican Governor Doug Ducey, former Republican Senator Jeff Flake, the late John McCain's wife, Cindy. Just last week, they voted to censure them. Yes, cancel them for refusing to support overturning the will of the voters in Arizona in order to steal the to try to steal the presidential election in that state for Donald Trump. Yes, that cancel culture that Republicans pretend to oppose, but only when it applies to them. So accountability, at least. Oh, there's others as well. Yeah, there was that Chicago area CEO uh, guy that he was fired after he was arrested for entering the Capitol on January 6th calling his participation in that the, quote, single worst personal decision of my life. Yeah, I would say so. Then there's, of course, my pillow CEO, Mike Lindell. He was banned from Twitter on uh, in late January for, quote, repeatedly violating the platform's policy to fight disinformation. Lindell has repeatedly asserted that the presidential election was rigged has said several major retailers, including Bed Bath & Beyond, will stop selling his crappy products. Oh, boo-hoo. So, yeah, accountability, at least some. Uh, you know, as we move forward, uh, for, for Trump himself and for those, uh, including company CEOs who participated in the January 6th attack on the Capitol, but what about those who worked for Donald Trump? who are now hoping they worked in his administration and now they want to get jobs from CEOs in the private sector. What accountability should they face for their years of support for the Trump administration and for its appalling, often criminal policies like family separation and more? 
Last week, nonpartisan government watchdogs Accountability.us and American Oversight launched the Campaign Against Corporate Complicity, which seeks to prevent the normalization of the Trump administration's practices of undermining democracy and spreading hate, and to assure that companies fully vet any outgoing Trump administration officials who come looking for jobs by selling their government experience as a qualification rather than a disgrace. According to a press release issued by uh, the group's top Trump, uh, Trump, top Trump officials, they argue, should not be able to land well-paid consultancy gigs, executive and leadership positions, book deals, speaking engagements without being fully vetted to determine whether and to what extent they participated in enabling and in crafting implementing and defending the administration's cruel, undemocratic, and dangerous policies and rhetoric. The campaign kicked off last week with a direct appeal to corporate CEOs to not welcome high-ranking Trump administration officials into their boardrooms. Corporations, uh, says Accountability.us President Kyle Herrig, quote, are America's first line of defense against normalizing hate and misconduct, and we will be watching to see whether they choose to be complicit. Joining us now to discuss this effort, which is laid out at corporatecomplicity.org, is Lizzie Price of Accountability Accountable.us, where she serves as Director of Strategic Partnerships. Lizzie Price, welcome to the broadcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us, Lizzie. I guess uh, if I were to ask Republicans at Fox News, they would tell me now that you were the one in charge of what they love to call cancel culture. Is that right? Is that you? Are you behind that? <laughs> yeah, I invented it. I thought so. <laughs> I thought that was you. Your group uh, wrote to corporate CEOs last week to kick off the uh, the corporatecomplicity.org campaign. What are you asking them to do? And, and, and have you received any responses yet back in return? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll tell you a little bit about our campaign. There's three real fundamental foundations to this campaign. One, no one is guaranteed a cushy job just because they served in the administration. Two, actions have consequences. And three, staff at any organization reflects their values. So, so really what we're trying to do is, you know, make it very clear um, to companies that, that and tell you know, and telling them that your staff reflect your values. So to hire the architects of these harmful anti-democratic and uh, de- democratic policies and mm-hmm. rhetoric mm-hmm. is to be complicit in them. Is to take that on as your corporate identity. Um, and so we want to make sure that uh, that corporations really think hard about doing that. Um, and we have a lot of um, a lot of research and facts mm-hmm. uh, that we will happy will be happy to um, you know publicize when, mm. uh, when when we need to, um, to, you know, to make sure that, you know, I, I mean, I think a lot of these officials are hoping that they can kind of cash in, right, yeah. on their government experience. And, um, y- you know, we don't know what they're saying in their hiring interviews. Are they saying that this, you know, working and working on child separation, it, are they saying that they learned something from that? Are they saying, you know, I mean, we don't know if they're trying to hide that part of their past or if they're not. And so we just want to make sure that folks have all the information 
before they make these hires that can really tarnish their corporate uh, reputation. Well, how would uh, your your uh, you you note in the letter that you sent to uh, America's CEOs quote If these officials did not speak up against the violations of the Trump administration, how can you trust them to stand up for your values? Of course, I agree. But setting that aside for the moment, uh, the, the the fact that I suspect some corporate CEOs might see willingness of their employees to shut up about wrongdoing, to actually be an asset for their companies. Setting that aside, how how actually is a company to know if, you know, the person in question actually stuck around in the Trump administration and kept quiet publicly because they were trying to keep things from getting far worse, as I suspect at least a number of the folks must have, No. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good. I think that's a good point. Um, I I think that's up to companies to um, to sort of make their own judgment there. If mm-hmm. they if they think that this person, you know, apologized, but we just want to make sure that folks know who was involved in the policies and what their role was, um, so that we're so that we're being really clear about um, really clear about what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, how high uh, you talk about senior officials in the Trump administration? How high would they have to be? Would it be any political appointees? And I guess it you know raises the question: Should working for the Trump administration um, prevent one from being able to simply make a living or feed their families at all? I'm I'm not saying it shouldn't, but I'm asking. So. We are we're we're focusing on the decision makers here, the folks who are at the highest forms of government, mm-hmm. the highest levels, um, and and we're, we're doing that for a number of reasons, mainly because we can't really see everything <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because we're only you know um, as big as we can be. Mm-hmm. But um, but 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 you know, w- look, this isn't about cancel culture. It's it's about. It's about what kind of behavior and what kind of um, policies that you reward. Mm-hmm. Uh, corporations have a part to play in making sure that Trumpism isn't not normalized. Um, if, if, if these officials are welcomed back into high-profile jobs mm-hmm. that they were hoping to get, it only encourages more bad behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, we're talking about separating children from their families we're talking about inciting a violent insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. This isn't a difference of policy opinion. It's mm-hmm. about it's about core values here. Yep. This is about you know do these companies support democracy? Yep. Um, do they support undermining democracy by misinforming the public? Do they support diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice? Um, then they probably shouldn't avoid, or they they probably should avoid hiring someone that. Um, you know, uh, implemented the implemented the child separation policy. Uh, but uh, so this is this is more about this is you know it's not this isn't about a, one policy opinion or mm-hmm. another. This is about unheard of <laughs> um, abuses of power um, and hateful and um, hateful policies yeah. um, that 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 the Trump administration. Um, 
was a part of. And by the way, uh, don't get me wrong. I, I agree with your campaign and I, you know, I want to hold these fish, uh, officials accountable. And, you know, when people I don't even know what this cancel culture nonsense is. It's a way that, you know, apparently now that Republicans are facing blowback for what they have done, even though they've done the same thing to Lord knows how many people who didn't agree with them on anything. Now it's, oh, it's cancel culture. Cancel culture is accountability. I have no problem uh, holding people accountable if they want to call themselves canceled, so be it. Uh, Your letter, Lizzie Price, closes by noting there are some lines that simply cannot be crossed and the public will be watching. Uh, What does that mean exactly? What does your group plan to do in cases where companies are found uh, to have hired these folks? Well, I, I think um, the, both of our organizations with Accountable.us and American Oversight um, have a lot of experience working with, um, working with records. Uh, you know, we've got a ton of emails. We have, um, <laughs> we have a lot of information mm-hmm. um, and research that we have put together over the, um, you know, over the past um, four years. And uh, w- we're saying, look, if, if, you, if you won't vet your candidates uh we will um and um and we'll use sort of any tool in our toolbox to um to make sure the facts are out there so you'll let people know when these companies hire these people which companies they are and maybe they too will see some of the blowback that uh uh well companies like that what was it barproducts.com that i just mentioned uh that they are feeling as well good uh, that, in my opinion, is the free market, despite what Republicans say. Oh, boycott, cancel culture. That's just wrong. Well, it's not wrong when they do it. It ain't wrong when the good guys do it either. Uh, Lizzie, lastly, I note that the CorporateComplicity.org campaign announcement suggests this is just the first volley for this campaign. Uh, are you able to uh, tell us what we might expect to see in the future yet? Um, I, I can't tell you yet, but I, I will tell you there are a couple of a couple of things in the works right now. So okay. <laughs> maybe I can maybe I can be, uh, uh, mm-hmm. come back on at a later date. Fair enough. Please do keep us updated. Uh, we would like to help any way we can. We are all for accountability and yes, corporate complicity. Corporatecomplicity.org if you want to get more information. Uh, it is uh, you can also stop by accountable.us where uh, the group does a whole lot of uh, important stuff in my opinion. You can find them on the Twitters at accountable underscore us. And if you would like to hold Lizzie Price accountable, you can find her on the Twitters at Lizzie PR. Two three Lizzie PR twenty three Lizzie Price is the strate- uh, the director of strategic partnerships at Accountable US. Lizzie, really appreciate you joining us today. Good luck with the campaign. Thank you so much. You bet. All right, let's take a quick break here. I do love this campaign. I do love creative ways for people to find to hold people accountable. We see what happens when people are not held accountable. We saw what happened after George W. Bush was not held accountable and his administration. Uh, They just come back and they come back uh, worse and more dangerously, as so many of the experts we have uh, spoken to in recent weeks have tried to warn us. All right, let's take a quick break and we will come back with uh, your thoughts on uh, whether Joe Biden should, in fact, work with Republicans to compromise on his $1.9 trillion uh, COVID relief package in order to get it passed via regular order instead of through reconciliation? And if so, 
What is it you would be willing to give up to uh, have that bipartisan cooperation that uh, 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 Joe Biden has also promised uh, during the campaign? 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-KPFK. That is next, including your calls. I'm Brad Friedman. This is the Bradcast. Hey, this is Brad. The Bradcast survives thanks to you and your support. Please stop by bradblog.com slash donate today to help us continue to do over your public airwaves what we try to do five days a week. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thank you. Yeah, you know what we need right around now? A whole bunch of money to try to clean up the mess that Donald Trump caused by failing to deal with the COVID crisis at all over the past year. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. When new White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki was asked, Uh, Just the day after Joe Biden's inauguration by The New York Times, Michael Scheer, why, oh, why, after almost a full day, Joe Biden had not reached out to Republicans uh, with something that they wanted, particularly on the one point nine trillion dollar covid proposal that would give two thousand dollars in relief uh, payments to Americans as Democrats ran and won on why, oh, why Biden had not somehow compromised with himself just 24 hours into his uh, new administration. There's this call for unity that the president made in his speech yesterday, but there has so far been almost no fig leaf even to the Republican Party. You don't have a Republican cabinet member like President Obama Obama and uh, I think President Clinton had. You you know, uh, the executive orders that he's come out the gate have been largely designed at erasing as much of the Trump legacy as as you can with executive orders, and you've got a $1.9 trillion uh, COVID relief bill that has, as folks have said, already drawn all sorts of criticism. Where is the actual action behind this idea of bipartisanship, and when when are we going to see one of those, you know, sort of substantial outreaches that says this is something that, you know, the Republicans want to do, too? Now, uh, I I believe actually what Michael Scheer of the New York Times meant there was uh, offering an olive branch as opposed to a fig leaf. Uh, But that's neither here nor there. Saki's answer, uh, I thought, on her first full day in the job uh, was right on the money. This is the this is the way she answered his question on behalf of the new president that day. There's a lot in there, so let me do my best here. But uh, Mike, is is unemployment insurance only an issue that Democrats in the country want? Uh, do only Democrats want their kids to go back to schools? Uh, do only Democrats want vaccines to be distributed across the country? That's we feel that that package. He feels that package is designed for bipartisan support. Right. So. If you don't, if you think $1.9 trillion on its own is too much, what is it you would be willing to give up? Well, now we have an idea of what Republicans do not want Americans to have. 
Uh, They want to give them much smaller relief checks, as at least 10 Republican senators now offered their own counterproposal this morning to the package that Biden ran and won on. And they are said to be meeting with the president at the White House on Monday in hopes of finding a compromise package instead of Biden's $1.9 trillion relief plan. Uh, they are offering a uh, The Republicans are offering a six hundred billion dollar package instead that would give one thousand dollar checks to those making less than fifty thousand a year. That versus the fourteen hundred dollar checks to those making less than seventy five thousand a year. The meeting uh, with Biden comes even as Democrats are preparing to move forward this week to set up a partisan path for Biden's relief bill uh, to adopt the measure via budget reconciliation, which would allow them to pass it with a simple majority in the U.S. Senate. And then they won't have to overcome a Senate filibuster. The GOP proposal, among other things, gets rid of elements from Biden's package that have drawn Republican opposition, such as increasing the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour, as Joe Biden is trying to do. The $600 billion plan is a fraction of the size of Biden's proposal, It is unlikely to draw much support from Democrats. However, the GOP offer presents a challenge to Joe Biden, who campaigned on promises of bipartisanship. And now he's got to decide whether he wants to rebuff the overture or make a genuine effort to find common ground across the aisle. What do you think he should do? Keep his promise to pass $1.9 trillion in relief that includes billions for vaccinations, schools, businesses reopening? aid to states and cities that have been devastated by the loss of revenue. The GOP uh, proposal gives none none of that money to states and cities, even as millions have been laid off. That extent, the the bill extends rent uh, rent support uh, and or uh, moratorium on uh, evictions through September, along with an extension of emergency unemployment benefits also through September. Or should... Joe Biden compromised with Republicans in the name of unity and bipartisanship, which, yes, he also promised during his campaign. 818-985-5735. If you want to see that bipartisanship, I'd love to know which part of Biden's proposed COVID relief package that you are willing to lessen or do away with altogether. 818-985-KPFK. Let me go to, um, where am I here? Mark in Los Angeles. Hey, Mark, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Do you mean Mike? Uh, apparently, Mike. Yes, I'm. I'm going to fire Desi okay. again for making that mistake. But yeah. go ahead. <laughs> okay. First, I just want to wish everyone, as we're entering the lunar new year, a happy year of the rat. <laughs> and uh, I'd like to observe in the rat's defense that when they spread disease, they don't know any better. Unlike Republican politicians. <laughs> as yeah. As for the uh, question about the uh, stimulus package. I'd like to know where these Republican senators were when they were creating this enormous deficit by giving away trillions of dollars to the super rich yep. and the uh, Trump uh, tax cuts. I'd also like to know where they were when the over the past year and a half when the Fed has been dumping billions of dollars into Wall Street. Uh, they don't seem to have cared anything about that. Yeah, it's only when a Democrat gets into office that all of a sudden there's a problem. So I would be willing to give up absolutely nothing, go with what the economy needs, not what 
the uh, punishment party wants to inflict on America. Well done, Mike. Thank you. I appreciate that. And yes, I agree with you. It's funny how the the word you were looking for there, by the way, was was co- funny how they pretend to be conservative, which is why I never call these clowns conservative because they're not conservative. They whenever there's a Republican office, they spend like crazy. And then they say, oh, conservative values demand that we must uh, spend less money only on poor people. Apparently. 818-985-5735. Let's go to Tony in Long Beach. Hey, Tony, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Should uh, should uh, Joe Biden and the Democrats compromise with the Republicans on COVID relief? Hello, yes. Uh, Brian? Yes, sir. Go ahead. You're on the air. Yes. Real, real fast. I'll make it real quick. Thank you. Uh, B- Biden, and Biden and the Republicans are in a tough position. Biden said he did not want to have a revolutionary socialist system. Now, real quick, they are going to make a compromise because the American public wants a social democratic Scandinavian type of relief. That's massive intervention into the market. So if they give people like what they're giving in Norway, no. it'll make people hungry for the socialist program. So they have to stop that and have a compromise to keep the neoliberal system. See my point? So that's why you think that Biden and the Democrats will compromise. You're against it, but you For think sure. they're going to do it anyway. They, they have to. Okay. They, have, they have to, you know. The reason why they have to yeah. is that if they give a robust general social safety net like Scandinavian style, yeah. it'll be a disclaimer against the neoliberal capitalist system that Biden represents and the Republicans represent more on the steroids. Yeah. They cannot allow people to have a social safety net because it, they'll yearn for a socialist system I gotcha. that Bernie Sanders ran on. I got gotcha. you. the whole system. I got gotcha, you, and I will uh, remind you. Thanks for that call, Tony. I appreciate that. Uh, I got gotcha, you, and I, I will remind you, however, that uh, Bernie Sanders... Uh, is the chair of the Senate Budget Committee. He's the guy who decides what will and won't go to uh, a budget reconciliation where they only need uh, 50, per, uh, uh, 50 votes plus one, I guess, to uh, to pass anything. So I don't know. I'm not so sure that Bernie Sanders is going to be willing to compromise on that, certainly not to avoid uh, the notion that, oh, Americans might find they like European socialism. Let me go to, who do I go to next? Oh, Roger in Minneapolis. Haven't heard from you in a while. Uh, Roger, how are you, sir? Welcome to the broadcast, and hope you're uh, not uh, covered in too much snow up there today. Oh, Roger. No. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. You got a bad, crackly phone, so make it quick. Sorry about that. It is is a good phone, but we seem to have a bad line. Yes, we do. Um, That's too bad because it's been difficult to get through. I think that we've been down this road before. We've been dealing. We we we, we had Obama and the Democrats' appeasement of the abuses of the Republicans in the past, and and got it. Haven't haven't hasn't Biden learned anything from eight years of obstruction? Well, we will see, actually, Roger. I don't think we know the answer to that. I think that uh, so far, like I said, I played that uh, clip from uh, Jen Psaki. She's saying something similar today. She's saying, yes, she's willing to work with Republicans if they want to improve the bill. She has not given any indication that they are willing to weaken it just to get bipartisan uh, buy-in. Uh, but we will see. We'll see if he, good question. We will see if Joe Biden learned anything or not. It kind of looks like he did, but the proof will be in the pudding. Yeah. 
How how about if we throw him? How about if we throw them the following bone? Look, we'll go ahead with this uh, legislation, and um, as as your bone, we will only cut the defense defense budget by fifty percent <laughs> instead of seventy five percent. I like it. Thanks, Roger. I do appreciate it. Stay well, my friends. Stay warm up there. Let me go to uh, Suzanne very quickly in Hollywood as we come up against the top of the hour. I'm sorry, Suzanne. Welcome to the broadcast. Hi, Brad. Love your show. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to say that um, Biden did not promise um, to agree unilaterally to everything the Republicans um, want. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think um, if we can get it through, we should just get it through. Um, Relief is needed. With or without so them, d- don't uh, don't need to compromise with them. What's more important is getting the American people what they need, as you see it. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Thanks, Suzanne. I appreciate that call. Uh, one or two more very quickly here. John in Santa Clarita, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hello. No compromising with the Republicans. I have a friend, actually, who's a MAGA supporter mm-hmm. and staunch. And she uh, did say that she thinks that Bernie Sanders is a nice, would, has good ideas, and is a good guy. So as long as, as long as the Democrats don't do something stupid and insult or close these other GOP Republican people's minds, they'll come around when they see that we're actually doing something for them. Because the, the darn Republicans aren't. I hear you. Thanks, John. Appreciate that call. Uh, do I have time for one more? Uh, let me go to, uh, well, as usual, we got to close with Mo. Uh, where is he? Mo in Long Beach. Hey, Morris, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hope you're doing well. Well, I'm doing fantastic, Brad. Thank you for asking. Listen, them folks that don't think that uh, COVID-19 is real, yeah. that they believe that COVID-19 is a fraud, I'll tell you what we're going to do for them. What are we going to do? We're going to take them to the hospital. We're going to take them to the hospital. And then we're going out to the parking lot. We're going to look at what are called freezer trucks. they got these big, giant trucks. Mm-hmm. They're freezers, right? Tell the, uh, the administrator of the hospital, you want to see what's inside them freezer trucks. And they go visit three or four hospitals. And then come back and tell me if it's a fraud. Thank you, Brad. Right. Thank you, Morris. And I don't think he's referring to freezers uh, storing vaccines. I think he's referring to freezers, unfortunately, uh, storing dead bodies at this point. Uh, thank you very much, Morris. Appreciate that. Uh, my apologies to those of you who I could not get to today. We will try again, hopefully, uh, uh, next time. Until then, my thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to my board operator, D'Angelo Jones, to my guest today, Lizzie Price of Accountability.us, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's show or any other, download it anytime for free at Bradblog. Excuse me, bradblog.com. We will uh, be with you here next time. Uh, hopefully tomorrow. Until then, drop me email. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, you will find me at the Brad Blog. We will see you there. Until we see you here, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Yeah.